In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit tecovis.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and don't go gently, y'all. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This is brought to you by Jigmasters. Step up your game with high-quality performance jigs, spinnerbaits, buzzbaits, and more from Jigmasters.com. And always, when in doubt, get the jig out. Welcome to The Reel Down on Paddle and Fin with your hosts, Dan Perry and Jimmy Skinner, where we talk about everything tournament kayak fishing. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Reel Down on Paddle and Fin. We're back live. Yeah, we took the winter off, and now we're we're back doing the live thing at eight thirty Central, our regular time, right after uh, the KBN guys. They do their thing, and then we do ours. Uh, yeah, how you doing, Jimmy? Pretty good, man. What's up with you? Man, just living the dream. Ready? I went down to Seminole this weekend. Ready to go back here Wednesday morning. Going wake up at the crack and head on down there, and just ready to ready to get going. Ready for that first big tournament of the year. Ready to. Man, I'm ready to put a hurting on them. Ready to get some revenge on them fish. It was tough last year, and maybe uh, you know, we can talk about it, talk it out tonight, and, and try to figure out what I did wrong. I I don't know, probably not, but maybe I can get some secrets <laughs> out of these guys. They got second and fourth, so I'm I'm hoping maybe I can get a secret. Probably not, but I'm gonna try. So I was gonna say you're asking a lot considering they're both, you know, signed up for the event too. So yeah, and you know I'm. I'm pretty good at getting stuff out of guys. They don't realize they're giving up information. So it's uh, not good, but I'm I'm going to keep my hopes up. Oh yeah. Well, uh, for anybody coming down for that tournament that's traveling, uh, if you're you're coming through Georgia, make sure to stop by the dugout. Um, they've still got the paddle and fin deal going on right now with the uh, regular purchase price of a Saint Croix Legend Extreme rod. Get you the free Shimano SLX XT. Uh, I'm sure by now this deal's been going on for a while, so the availability of certain styles and ratios is probably running out. So um, stop by, let them know that you heard from Dan and I on here on the reel down, and you know get that while you can. And again, if you can't make it down there, give them a call, mention us, and they'll they'll hook you up. Yep, the dugout. If you haven't been there, uh, no matter what you need, if that last minute stuff, especially if you have a Hobie, they have a lot of Hobies in stock. So if you got a janky kayak and you're like, man, I've been wanting to upgrade, you can upgrade on the way down too. So I mean, if if you got money like that, 
you got that the taxes back already, we can stop by a dugout and little Jamie will rig you up on the way down. You'd be ready to go for the Hobie and a new Hobie. So, and that, and that's the thing. That's man, we got news. Hobie, all kind of stuff. Like it's a winter. Nothing happened all winter. Boom, first show live. Hobie got sold. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, oh, wow. Apparently, I missed this. Yeah, Hobie got sold to a private equity firm. I mean, that's the talk of the town and like the Hobie forums. I, I creep on the, I don't have a Hobie, but I creep on the Hobie forums. <laughs> so that's apparently Hobie got sold to a private equity firm. That's the news on the streets. So I don't know who the private equity people, I don't even know what a private, I have an MBA. I don't even know what a private equity firm is. It's just people that buy other firms. So hmm. other companies. So there you go. Well, guess we'll uh, see what they do then. Or if they do anything, maybe they just saw an opportunity to make some money. Yeah, that's right. You know, Hobie's worldwide. Worldwide. But, um, yeah, got some people chiming in here. We got Jeremy Baker. And we got uh, Frankie P. I see old old Todd Patrick in there. Yeah, Todd, too. What's up? It's nice having our first live show, having people back in it. But uh, another big one was... Uh, KBF had their big tournament, the multi-layers. There's layers of tournaments all happen all at one time. You got the uh, the KBF Kissimmee day one. Then you have KBF Kissimmee day two. And then you have Tim Invitational. And now you have the 10. So it's a whole bunch of tournaments going on all at once. And good luck because you can't figure out who won because it's chaos. It's fishing chaos. Nobody knew how to work that out. There's problems. So I think that's generally accepted. Like, you know, it's not Tarny X, but hey, they'll get better. We're going to root for them. I sure hope so, because I won't lie. I gave up. I was trying my best. And when I finally got like to where I needed to be, it was they had pulled the leaderboard down. And I was just like, someone will call me and tell me. So, And to my surprise, I still didn't know until like I knew I knew about Russ. And that was about it until about an hour ago. So <laughs> it's, it's been kind of weird. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to talk smack about it because I wasn't in the event. I know as an outside, we get the results at tournaments at the end of every show. We Every tournament, over 30 people, we like shout them out on show. It's what we do on a reel down. It's our thing every single week. That's what we do because people like to hear their name. They want a tournament. They like to hear their name on a show. That's what we do. It's hard. To, it was hard for us just going in that app and trying to figure it out. So just us casually doing it. That was difficult. That's it, you know. Now they'll get it worked out. Yeah, they'll get it worked out. Hopefully it'll be less chaos. That's it. Uh, We got tonight, man. Yeah, that's right. So tonight we are, we have two of the best anglers in the country. We're going to be talking about Hobie Lake Seminole. We have, uh, last year they got second and fourth. Uh, Second place we have Josh Counts, and we have Jason Broach. He got fourth place. So thanks for being on show, guys. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I'll I'll go over how you did last year. We'll go ahead and get that out of the way. We didn't have you on last year. I don't know why. I think we didn't have a Hobie show. KBN did a show, and then we ended up not doing one. But uh, day one, Josh, you had the big bag of tournament with 101 and a half. Jason, you had 74 and a quarter. Day two. Josh, you had 77 and a quarter, and then Jason followed big day two, 94 inches. 
and Josh ended up with second with uh, 178 and three quarter, one inch behind Jake Harshman, who ended up winning, and Jason in fourth with 168 and a quarter. I kind of looked at this like, man, that tournament was so brutal. Like, 175 inches would have gotten you. What, or what was it? 150 would have gotten you fifth place. Wow. That's, that to me, like, you know, a 75 inch day is like a good base. That's like the basic bag. That's kind of where you start looking to yeah. get your kickers. Yeah. That was fifth out of 125 people. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. It, it was painful. <laughs> it was painful for me. It was a very, it was tough. Day two was tough. Very tough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, I, I think everybody, because you caught that 101 inches, you had caught in that early in the event, right? Very early, like 30 minutes in. I, I made a call <laughs> at like 45 minutes in, and I was like, oh my God. I mean, first two casts, I caught a five pounder. It was crazy. I remember looking at, like, dude, this, uh, like, I practice was so tough for me. I was, man, I was, I was on a struggle bus. I was trying to figure it out, and I thought I'd just look at it just for the fun of it. I was like, man, hopefully, like, I need other people in this <laughs> difficultness with me, too. And I look at it, and this a-hole's got 101 inches. <laughs> I'm telling you, no, nothing kicks my confidence. Is like when you're rolling out there, and like I'm just pulling up to my spot. Sometimes I'll do that, and I'll go ahead and check tourney X which I don't do that anymore because I, I, of the things like yeah. this, but first get to my spot, pull it up and somebody's already slammed a hundred inches. It's almost yeah. enough to send me back home. Like, well, I'm not it's even going to waste my time. It's hard to keep a positive attitude when you see something like that. You know, I never look at it. I, I just did the math in my head and I'm like, Oh, I got like a hundred inches. Holy crap. And I never <laughs> looked at it. I didn't even look at it all day. I didn't look my wife. I, I found out exactly what I had when I got the check in. I didn't even look at it. You got hundred inches. You don't have to look. I know why yeah, you were so you know. good. Yeah, but I was. I was expecting five. someone else to have one hundred and three, hundred and five. <laughs> well, I, you, I could tell you're so good because that, that map study back behind you. You got everything pinpointed out, man. No. Yeah, that's aerospace. That didn't really do us much good. <laughs> well, uh, I want to kind of so y'all are both registered again. Uh, you both did well last year. Um, kind of talk about a little bit about the lake, how you prepared going in last year, and what you're going to do, if, whether it's fish history or similar, or how you prepare for this trip. Um, either one of y'all can start. Just let us know. Oh, bump the table. If, if anybody has any questions, please ask a questions in the comments and, and we'll be happy to ask these guys and, and get it in the conversation. Yeah, I'll, I'll let Josh go first. No, I'll go, I'll <laughs> you go first. I want to know what you're doing to practice this year. <laughs> uh, I mean, practicing last year, I had three days on the water before the tournament and the first two days. I mean, I think I caught a fish each day. And then that last practice day I had that Friday, I, I mean, I looked up and found an area that I got bit deep, or at least deep for me, like 10 feet of water, and had a, a quick shallow bite, and it ended up 
turned out to be something that worked. I mean, it wasn't productive at all. It was still a struggle. I think five keepers the first day and maybe six or seven the second day. So, I mean, when you get those bites, when you had the bites last year, you had to capitalize on them. At least I did. And so far, I spent three days this this year pre-fishing for it. And yeah, it, it was three weeks ago. It was a struggle again. I think four fish throughout, you know, spending the whole day on the lake and uh, up there this Sunday. And it, it, I mean, it was tough again. So I, I think it's going to be pretty similar to last year. Um, yeah, the fish are probably deep, at least the density wise, but I, I think it'll still be one shallow when you throw anything moving. You're not going to get a lot of bites when you get them. You need to capitalize on it. So, it, preparing for it, it's all about map study for me at this point. Just trying to find something that's going to suit me. Throwing a chatterbait, dragging a worm somewhere, and things like that. And what 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 kind of maps are you using? Just Google Earth, Navionics, Lake Master. I, I look at about every single one you can think of. <laughs> Navionics, Bing, Google Earth, historical images going back to you know, black and white images even. Yeah. Uh, trying to study the lake when it's drawn down and things like that and how vegetation changes and yeah, it's putting it all together and yeah. It's the hard part. Yeah, you got a PhD. Like, I don't think anybody is getting more like technical than you are on this, right? I mean, I, I, I don't do it as much, but when I first started my master's and PhD, I mean, I would look up scientific publications for anyone who like did you know experiments or studies on the lake and i mean you could find little secret little honey honey holes potentially like that you know like a tba lake where some scientists went out and studied you know different species of shell well i mean he just told you if you put you know those gps coordinates where you can find a shell bed on kentucky lake and that I, I used to do things like that and you know it's something everyone can do just you know go to a google scholar type in you know kentucky lake bass fishing or lake seminole submerged aquatic vegetation and you can just you can find all kinds of studies and if it looks like something you might benefit from it you know read it if you got someone in college that you know has access to all those journals tell them hey get me this publication so i can read it but i just want you to know i thought that i was really good at my map game and finding historical information. And I just realized how far below that bar I am. So thank you. Well, Jason, the scientist, you know, <laughs> you can find, you can find occasional little good nuggets like that. And especially with TVA lakes, lakes that are well studied lakes in Florida are pretty well studied. And yeah. There's, there's, there's some gems out there. Awesome. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. How about you, Josh? How are you prepping? Well, um, last yeah, year... You live right by there, right? Not too yeah, far. Yeah, live, it's about an hour. So I, I live close by. Probably probably closer than anybody that's, that's signed up, I, I would say. And uh, last year, I just uh, I started 
I think two weeks before Christmas, I just started going up there every weekend. I, I really don't fish Seminole a whole lot. I haven't. I've lived. I've lived uh, in this area for since uh, we moved here in 2015, and I really don't fish it a whole lot. But I just started going every weekend and just going up and covering water. And really, I focused on the Florida side last year because I didn't want to buy Georgia license. I'm cheap. So, <laughs> But this year, I actually have a Georgia license, so <laughs> I bought one earlier in the year. It's a whole so, new world for the man this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, that doesn't mean I'm going to Georgia. But um, but so I just started fishing every weekend and started covering water. And actually, um, yeah, I, I think I did. Even in that time, I caught fish here and there. I never really slaughtered them or anything like that. You know, I, I would, you know, I was catching fish differently. I, I caught some you know, here and there, most of that was on, you know, fishing around lily pads and stuff. And it wasn't really anything major until the Sunday before. And I just came back by and really all I had was that one small area. I came back by it on the way back to the ramp. I threw up there and caught one that was probably five and a half. I got in and took it off, threw it back again, caught, caught another one. And then I was like, yeah, I think this is probably good. And I kind of worked around some other areas there and kind of figured out some stuff and uh you know that was that was kind of the downfall is i didn't have anything great to fall back on i, I kind of did but it wasn't anything special and then uh you know when we get to day two and, and it got tougher you know i just kept you know i, I fished what i had the small area i caught four keepers off of it on sunday but i didn't have anything else because because i spent too much time working it you know and right you know it's just the way it goes so are you so are you taking that like, like that fact right there are you trying to give yourself a, a plan you know like a fallback plan yeah. this this go around yes and I, and I look back at all the tournaments i fished last year and actually throughout my life every two-day tournament um just examining that back even before when i was fishing basketball stuff i seem to always do well the first day and then the second day not be able to follow it up so I've covered a lot more water than I did, you know, this year I've covered a lot more water and fished a lot more stuff, eliminated a lot more stuff than I did last year because I want to have more than one thing. Oh yeah. So. It's, okay. it's getting to it now, man. You, you're going to have to, to be able to compete with oh, yeah, the these you, guys. You show up and be five people where you want to go. And I kind of, oh, yeah. you, you have to expect that because everyone that fishes, especially a Hobie series, everyone that fishes is good and they will find anything. There's no secrets because someone will find it. You know, it's just uh, a lot of people fish their style and they're in, you know, I, I fish shallow most of the time and, and that's kind of that. So a lot of times uh, those other people like that will find the same stuff. You know, it's not, there's no right. secrets. Yeah. People stumble upon your spot, man. <laughs> yeah, it's the way it goes. You know, yeah. I, I stumble upon somebody else's spot sometimes too. So, <laughs> whatever. And that, that's why you got to be optimistic, mate. You know, yeah, hopefully, yeah. I round this corner and I see Russ Snyder's. It's like, yeah, exactly. I don't know. <laughs> and I know. If I go around the corner and see Russ Snyder's, I'm probably going to turn and go the other way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't be any fish. Yeah. Dude, turtled and still won. <laughs> I mean, the, I'm sorry. He, was... he, he turtled, had gear stolen from him. Like, and still came out swinging. The dudes, he sold the soul of the devil. I'm, I'm starting to become more confident in that. 
Love you, Russ. <laughs> well, let, let, let's actually back up for a minute. Since we haven't had either one of y'all on the show before, Josh, we'll start with you. How do you get into kayak fishing? Um, well, I, I always bass fished, and, and I've been fishing since I was a kid, of course, um, from Middle Tennessee. And we moved down to Florida. Well, before we moved to Florida in 2015, uh, 2014, I think, before we moved, I sold my bass boat. And, and the plan was I would just, you know, we'd move, we'd get everything. That's one less thing we had to haul down here because we had to bring, you know, a household full of stuff. So um, I sold my bass boat and then we got down here and I was, the intention was to buy another one and just, you know, continue on like I was. Well, we have a pond uh, on our property, it's about three acres. And I guess uh, I just, I bought this, I went on, on uh, Facebook and bought a Pelican for like, $150 and I was just going to fish around in the pond. And so <clears throat> I fished around the pond that winter and, and had a good old time of that. And then there was a, uh, the forgotten coast kayak classic was or big Ben kayak classic was in the spring. And, uh, they had a freshwater division because I'm terrible at saltwater fishing. And that's, you know, everybody down here saltwater fishes. I do it just cause it's fun. I'm getting better. I'm terrible at it now, but, I'm going to get better at it. But so uh, uh, I, I was like, well, you know, they were giving away a kayak in the freshwater division. I was like, man, I can catch a bass. I'll go do that. So I went to, I signed up and I went and fished a, uh, one of the small lakes down here in Wilcola County, the county I live in. And I caught one that was about six pounds. And it was like, you know, it was uh, really it was a big fish tournament. So <clears throat> I ended up winning. I won a kaku. And I won it, and uh, then I was, you know, I got that, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. And you know, that day I met some people, I met here and there other people that did it, and that's before you know, I bought a Jackson, then I bought another Jackson, and you know, it's just gone downhill. Yeah, <laughs> or up. Well, I'm not sure which one it is. It's a hill, <laughs> just not sure which direction. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I'm having like I've had a blast the last four. You know, it's been almost five years now. The last five years fishing is has been some of the most fun fishing I've ever had in my life. You know, when I came down here, I didn't really, I didn't have any friends in the area. All my friends back home, of course, we bass fish together and stuff like that. We fish together all the time and stuff. And I came down here and that was a way that, uh, you know, I could fish uh, and, you know, by myself. So really. You know, my oh, kids yeah. were just all the fish then, and like that. And I was just fishing. And once I got into it, I was like, man, this is a blast. I don't really want another bass boat. That's what, what kind of boat are you in now? Uh, Hobie uh, Outback. Same as Jason. I, Jason, actually, before I bought my Outback, I bought it after the tournament last year. I sent Jason some messages because he fishes out of an Outback. And, you know, and I was trying to decide between that and a pro angler. And, man, you know, some of his recommendations were really helpful. We'll, we'll turn that right over to you, Jason. So then how did you get into it? <laughs> yeah, it's like the the fishing thing, it started, you know, five five years old or something like that. But I think it was two thousand seven when I graduated college. Um, you know, I'd grown up watching all the fishing shows back back around that time period. There was all these Hank Parker commercials with, you know, Hobie Mirage Outback, da 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 da. I'm like, man, I really want one of those and came home from graduation and my mom had one under the garage for me so it was a 2007 hobie outback and 
Uh, after that, I went to Auburn, took it there, you know, fished around all the ponds, uh, fished the Chattahoochee when I was over there, and that was some of the best times I ever had floating down it and the outback. But tur- tournament fishing out of the kayak started 2010, uh, doing some of the online 321 fish tournaments, and then IFA kayak tour was around then, and I did some of those 2010, uh, and actually won one of the tournaments that year, and that just kind of, you know, lit the fire, and ever since then, I've been doing, you know, all the different kayak tournaments. Uh, 2014's really, like, I think, when I got into more doing it freshwater, um, there was a KPF tournament on Santee, which is in South Carolina, and it's really my home water, although I'm not really great at fishing it, but there's some giants in there, and that that was the first freshwater tournament and ever since then it's been kpf iba the hobie bass open now and you know the bass nation kayak series it's i like i like the direction that's gone and all the opportunities we have now and and i've been ever since 2007 doing it all out of the the same kayak a hobie outback and uh to me it's one of the best boats to be in kind of a if it ain't broke don't fix it man it's been working for you that long yeah, I, I was a little skeptical when they made those mod- modifications a couple years ago to it, but um, they just made it a, a thousand times better. So it, it, it's the boat. That's awesome. Yeah, very cool. I, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say it. they've been in the same boat for that long. That's that's very cool. You know, yeah. uh, even even it not being freshwater, I don't think I've heard anybody talk about tournament fishing for my kayak at all that far back. So you're you're about as OG as it gets for tournament fishing in a boat yeah that's stuck with it you know that's impressive it it, it's addicting it 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 costs some money now but yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's right yeah i I think i've already racked up ten thousand miles this year just the the the, the semi tournaments going to seminole you know checking it out a little bit and then some just online stuff moving around the state yeah but something about it so for somebody who's going there this year that didn't fish last year, can you kind of just set up the lake, like explain the different arms and cause it, there there's two different rivers. Explain the, the layout of the lake to somebody. I, I think Josh is closer. He might have a better perspective on that. One. <laughs> I don't have a better perspective or, or what? Well, the, uh, there's two main rivers, the Flint river and the Chattahoochee. And then uh, the Flint River is to the east, and the Chattahoochee is to the west. And then, uh, then you have really two main other tributaries. Uh, well, I guess Fish Pond Drain and um, Spring Creek that that come in on the north side of the lake. Um, the lake is everywhere that it looks. There's not trees sticking up. That means all the trees are underneath the water. So <laughs> there's stumps and trees everywhere, <laughs> but that, you know, in those stumps and trees everywhere and the vegetation, the lakes, the lakes covered with hydrilla, hyacinth, lily pads, um, peanut grass. I don't even know what the technical term is with that. I don't even know what that actually is called, Jason. Maybe, you know, I, 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 I don't either. They, like, call it, they call it peanut grass. I don't know. If, I don't know what it is. I actually tried to look it up and I can't, I can't come up with a name for it. So, anyways, the lake covered with all kinds of vegetation. There's millfoil. There's everything. So, um, there's a lot of standing timber and things like that. And all that stuff is, um, you know, there's 
old ponds and drains and creeks and um, ditches all over the place. And it's just, uh, you know, mo majority of it's fairly shallow. And that's uh, about the rundown I can give it, you know, so. You definitely have to watch out for stumps. I, I yes. was Saturday and the hardest I've ever ran into a stump. I ran into one going full steam. I mean, I slammed it head on. Yeah. I'm lucky I didn't break my drive. Yeah, I've Sorry. I've never been down there, but I've I've heard that you know it's definitely you have a lot of options when you're down there fishing. Yeah, and something that always messes me up and maybe y'all can touch on is, I mean, and this may not even be the deal, you know, I'm not, you know, anybody that's listening to this, I'm not saying, you know, go fish tree stumps. That's what they're doing. Cause I would have no clue. But if that was the deal with so much option throughout that whole lake of, you know, submerged cover and vegetation, how do you break that down? Go ahead, Jason. Yeah. It, it, it's all about transition zones and just finding areas where you get, you know, the best of every world where you can find like a bend hitting tree, tree, tree stumps, hydrilla mixed in with that or something. You want as many different of those variables as possible kind of mixed in. If I mean, you throw in current as well. If you get that going on a hard bottom with some hydrilla, with some stumps. Um, yeah, transitions and you find stuff like that. And find it near highways where you know if a fish can go up in a creek, they're gonna follow you know that deep water path where however to get there. And when you find a creek bend with all that mixed in, the, you know the, the shallow water bite. When you can find that hyacinth mixed with hydrilla, mixed with some reeds, deep hard bottom under it. I mean that's that's the type of stuff you're gonna want to punch. Um, it's all about finding the, that diversity of habitat and. Just, I mean, you can pick your poison on the way. You can drop shot 20, 30 feet of water around those trees. You can go punch. You can go throw a chatterbait along a grass grass edge. Um, but for me, it's about finding that diversity of habitat and just transition zones. Yeah. The, the, this lake's a, a lot different where there's a lot of stuff that isn't graphed because I, I guess for the graphing boats, it's so there's so many, uh, so much uh, submerged trees and stumps and everything that they, they can't go in a lot of areas. So a lot of it isn't graphed and hidden on maps or so it's a, uh, there's a lot of undiscovered stuff out there, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think a lot of times you look at uh, uh, historical, historic, historical images on Google earth and stuff that you can see uh, a lot of those ditches and things like that. Cause over the, over time, the lakes changed. Uh, you know, I wasn't here, but apparently and you, you can tell by looking at the maps, you know, some of those ditches have moved over and the ponds have changed and stuff like that. So, you know, researching that stuff, those historical images can really help out a lot. That's awesome. Transitional zones. So when you're when you're finding the combination of everything, are you finding that so that you can break down each individual piece of that or is it just the fact that all of that is in one spot typically means that's where the fish are if for me i'm going to just kind of start fishing it and just hope they bite the way i want to fish which is usually going to be throwing a chatterbait uh, ripping a square bill over the grass or something like that 
But if it's, that's not working, then I know, well, let me try flipping for a bit and see if that works. Or let me try try jerk bait, something a little bit slower, something just to spin and let sit for a bit. And if it's kind of a deep order near that type area, I'll drag a, a Carolina rig or a jig. But usually when I find areas like that, my go-to starting thing, no matter what type of scenario, it's usually throw a chatterbait. Hopefully they hit that. Throw a crankbait. Oh, they didn't hit that. So then doing the slow stuff and get being time to drag a worm. <laughs> yeah. And they'll they'll hit the worm. They'll hit the lizard on that that lake. And I don't I don't like to do it, but if I have to, I mean, last year it it got a twenty two and three quarter, I think it was, and I had another big fish after that one. So I I might you know try to be a little bit more patient this year and do that a little bit more, but I'll definitely be slinging the chatterbait. Oh yeah. Always yeah. got to start with chatterbait, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, those baits like that, it helps you, you know, cover water. And yeah. you know, there's so much water, the lake's so big, and there's so much habitat, and everything looks so good that yeah. you just kind of got to, you know. And grass lakes, I've always found to be like that anyway. You might have five miles of grass line, and, you know, especially like frog fishing or something like that, and you can go down through there and not catch any. In 100-yard st- stretch, you can catch 10. Those same areas, you find those small places like that. You take a big area, break it down into something smaller, and then go back and punch it or flip that stuff, and you can catch those fish like that and really milk it out. So, you know, um, I think I think that on lakes that have a lot of, a lot of cover, right, that's something that, you know, you have to cover a lot of water and find – what where they're holding on what they're holding on. anytime you get a bite you just use that as a key to build upon and then pick it apart yeah yeah something, then, yeah. something i'm super guilty of you know when you get to a place like, like lake gunnersville you know it's one of my favorite places to fish but literally you could like throw a dart at a map of lake gunnersville if you pull up yeah. on that spot it's gonna look good it just that's how it is some you know i'm real guilty of going to that spot and even though, like, based off my map study or what's been working, you know, going all the way back into the left should be, you know, where I should start. I just see so much and get so sidetracked. So, like you said, I, I'm the guy that would commit to, you know, going down two miles of a grass line, even though there's a, probably one piece of information I'm overlooking that could help me, you know, dissect that down into 100-yard stretches and stuff mm. like that. So, But, like, pieces of information, like Jason said, though, that's – stuff people should keep in mind is you know you really have to pay attention to the surroundings in the area pay attention to what you're fishing on you know fishing under and killer information man in every pair of Tecovis boots you can expect handmade quality first wear comfort and timeless western style a great pair of western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. As spring makes its way into summer, stay cool in a short sleeve moisture wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tecovis's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C. 
O-V-A-S dot com. And don't go gently, y'all. Yeah, the, the biggest thing is, you know, you're, I've, you've heard the saying before, 90% of the fish live in 10% of the water. In reality, it's, it's like 99% of the fish live in 1% of the water or less. So, like Josh said, you find the area, you kind of concentrate on it. There's a reason those fish are there. And if they're there, there's there's probably more there. They might not be hungry at the time. It might be a different species of fish, but at some point, more bass might show up there. And if you find them in an area, just concentrate concentrate on it. Try different things if, you know, your, your luck's running out on a certain bait or something like that. But, yeah, find those little key spots, those honey holes, and concentrate on that. Yeah, I totally agree. Seems like even more so with this lake, it's more it this lake more than others, it's that way. Like it's really feast or famine. Like you're either you found them or you didn't, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean you look at it so huge and there's so much stuff. You think there'd be a fish behind every log. Yeah. Every, I mean, every stump out in the middle of nowhere, there's a stump out there you think it'd be a fish, and there may be, but there's so many of them you can't pick them apart and find them. Yeah. So, you know, once you find one, you have to, you know, put the pieces together and try to figure out what, why they're there and then that's find the, other stuff like that. It's just totally setting up a pattern. That's the perfect example of what I was, was talking about. You know, like I can't stand sometimes when I flip over a, a tree stump or a down tree and get a bite because right then in my head, you know, if this whole stretch is laid down, I'm going to hit every single one of them. And, yeah. you know, you may go, hundred casts without another bite and at that point you're thinking back to the one you did catch and was like well crap what's different i don't know so it's you know a guy really told me i mean it's a simple piece of information that really works is you know you can fish all day and not pay attention but as soon as you feel that first thump you need to pay attention to everything that's happening in that area you know take a mental note of i mean like that tree's a little deeper or you know that tree's facing this way on the sun, the bite was on this side. It's little pieces of information like that that you can hold on to. It'll go a long way. And on a lake, like I haven't fished Seminole before, but you know, listening to y'all talk about it, and Dan has told me about it a few times. You know, that's a lake where that has to, you have to pay attention. You know, feast or famine, just like you said. I think uh, one one thing looking at the forecast, how we, you know, there, there's going to be rain, and you have to wait. You know. Rain is rain. Rain. It is what it is. It's the the weather is going to be what it is. But kind of a kayaker's worst nightmare is wind, and that's kind of the big concern. Saturday there's going to be some wind, but right now it's calling for um, twelve mile per hour winds and gusts of twenty three out of the northwest. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it did say thirty eight. Like that's what it said yesterday. So. That might have just been yes, like, 38's crazy. You'll but find I me tied so, to somebody's I, boat dock. I think sometimes <laughs> on those long range forecasts, depending on what you're looking on, they just kind of, you know, it's kind of like their default 18 to 43 miles an hour if you get far, far <laughs> out there. So, <laughs> when it comes down to it, it's going to be windy because it's been windy down here, you know. Yeah. You know, I, lately, I, it's yeah. Been, we've had two weeks of wind down here. So, yeah. Sunday, Sunday was, yesterday. It yeah. was windy as hell yesterday. It was blowing me around. <laughs> yeah, I was out there. But the uh, Saturday is like eight with gusts to twelve. But the um, yeah, twelve with gusts to twenty-three. How, how do you think that's going to play? How do you think that's going to affect the fishing? 
is it going to have everybody hide and then like is is everybody going to have to go hide up in the shallow and you know in that narrow you know the skinny maybe. stuff you maybe know? Uh, it just kind of depends on which which direction it's blowing from and where they're fishing because it's, I mean, it's, still, it's still somewhat protected but it's a flat area so you know the whole area is pretty flat so there's not a whole lot of protection but some of that stuff will be somewhat protected it's it, it's been changing some too to where like a few days before sunday it was saying one direction then it kind of changed a little so it's not like in practice you can you can prepare for it yeah but you kind of still have to fish everywhere because it could change a little bit and then you didn't practice somewhere like let okay like let's say you want to fish them out the spring creek you you think that's going to be the deal the wind's saying it's going to come out of the northwest, so you might could fish up against a, the bank, you know, a little bit further out deep, the mouth of Spring Creek. You could fish deep there. And then the wind kind of swaps a little bit out of the north, and then you can't. So, yeah. It's, it's I, one of those dilemmas that you're always going to have kayak fishing, yeah. know, especially in the spring. That's just the way it is. You know, the way I've prepared for this, and I did the same thing last year. You know, I found some stuff that was more open water, and then I tried to find stuff that was somewhat protected in case it happens because it's springtime and it's going to be windy. So, oh yeah, you know. And I don't know how big the temperature swings have been down there, but I know as far as like our state, Alabama, you know, we've we've been having some ridiculous temperature swings the last week. You know, we had like I'm up north Alabama. We had a I think it was 70 or 68 yesterday and then we got snow flurries that night and yeah. then it's been cold all day today and trying to snow all day now, i know yeah, it's not that right it's not that extreme of a swap probably down there but you know we i've been trying to fish and i know it's just got it's just a funk right now because it's you're going like pre and post frontal and then it's just no stability across the board and i know there's a lot of that going on in just the general area down here do you think that's going to affect the fishing down there and make it even more tough than you plan on. I don't think so. I think it's going to be the same. I mean, the, when you look at the forecast for this week, it's the same as we had for the past three weeks. It, it hasn't changed a whole lot. It's actually oh, okay. warmer at night than it has been. So I don't think it's going to be, you know, I don't think it's going to make much difference. If, if it was going to get up to 80 degrees and then drop down to, you know, you know 25 the next night, that night, but it's not going to do that. It's going to be in the 60s or all week looks like. And today was probably the coldest day. And, you know, it's pretty much what we've had. More of the same. The red bud trees are blooming, starting to bloom down here. Uh, it's spring here now. That's awesome. Josh is knocking their heads in no matter what. Do what? Yeah, you're knocking their heads in no matter what. Yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, the lake, it's Anybody has the potential. The lake is potential to put out 125 inches. You know, you pull up the right spot and you hit them at the right time. I have the ability to do it. Jason has the ability to do it. You do too. So, you know, you just uh, going to go fishing. Yeah. I mean, you know how to fish. Clark caught like a 23 and a half the other day. It's anybody can do it. Yeah. Just fishing. Oh, yeah. It's not, it's not like It's not like none of us, uh, you know, have ever been fishing before. Everybody that's doing this and no one's showing up with a game pole. So. <laughs> Man, I would love for somebody to beat everybody's butt with a cane pole, though. That would be hey, I mean, yeah. I was thinking the other day of like I was doing something. I was like, what would happen if I broke my arm and I couldn't fish Seminole? And then I thought, 
I would just tie a buzz bait on the end of the cane pole and go up there and uh, fish that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the fish I ever caught in my life was on a, a, on a biggest bass I ever caught in my life was on a cane pole. A 10-5. Jesus. That's for a cane pole. It, 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 no, it was so big and so old. We were crappie fishing. It just came in. It was like, take me. My, my, you know, I'm old <laughs> enough. I have been chosen. <laughs> yeah, it was like, like it had seen God. It was ready. You know, it's like, you know, talking about that, mate, I just wanted to throw this out there. I saw, uh, cannot, I think it's Emily Jackson, uh, Eric Jackson's daughter. She cashed a check at Kissimmee in a recreational Jackson boat with just two rods and minimal gear. And, you know, I like all the gear and all the bad boats and all that cool stuff, but it's really cool to hear somebody like just go out there and just, you know, do so good with just so little. Just, I feel like hearing about that helps new people coming in, not get discouraged from fishing in the big tournaments or, anything like that that's pretty cool yeah there's a place in fishing for everyone that's right yeah. old old jigger polling yeah i love that is that something even, you don't see do what can you jigger pole like go down the bank and just, what, what i was taught and how we did it you it's hand carved baits with trebles oh. i don't see why it wouldn't be here you know we weren't using live bait or anything uh brandon watson you know he's on the dugout team He's got some really cool videos of doing it with, I think, a bull shad yeah. uh, and just tearing them up, up shallow. So it's definitely a method that works. I'd love to see some more people do that. We're going to get off on all sorts of tangents. That stuff gets me excited. <laughs> <laughs> it stuff it gets me excited. I mean, maybe. I've never tried it. I've always heard about it, and I've never actually tried it. it and you feel you know, stupid you when you're doing it. Across from the house one, one day this spring and give it a shot, and we'll see. You you feel stupid the first time you do it. You're sitting there tapping it in the water, like if you're trying to call up a shark or something. Then the first time you get a little bit of life, you go to running that bad boy back and forth. It works though. There you go. Joey Randall got six on Norman, the Norman BOS with one rod and a send one twenty eight. See, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You ain't gotta spend all the big money. Yeah. Just gotta show yeah. up. A lot of days, you know, I sold the the paddle jacks and I haven't, I'm in the Hobie now. A lot of days I kind of miss that, that. I wish I hadn't sold it. I just kept it for certain things. But then like yesterday, the wind was blowing 30 miles an hour. And I was like, yeah, screw that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I it, it's every year. The further I've got into this, I like, I start getting to where, you know, when I'm getting ready to go, go out on a trip like all of the gear and everything just makes it not as fun. Oh, I got to get all this stuff loaded up. Oh, I got to get all this put in the boat. And then I take like, it's like a cleansing. And then like I went fishing uh, (laughs) two days ago and I took two rods. I took one 3,600 Plano box and one little bag of plastics. And I I mean, it wasn't a good day of fishing, but I enjoyed the heck out of myself. And, you know, by the end of this season, I'll be needing that again. Nicholas Beltran too, I know. Eight foot lifetime and a Zebco rod and a pack of Zoom finesse worms. Yeah, and, and some of that. I mean, it's another tangent, but you know, some you know, like there's a limit. You, you know, you want to have the nice stuff and all that, but you need to reel yourself in sometimes. And you know, oh, yeah. the twelve rods all the time. And, yeah. I'm the same way with baits too, man. I'll be trying the new, 
the new biggest, baddest, whatever. And then by the end of that day, I'm still reaching back there, getting the old zooms I've had for five years out. Yeah. I told my wife the other day, I was like, oh, my goal this year, I'm not going to buy anything. I have like a whole locker that's completely you should I've been buying plastics for 25 years and they've got crap in there that I've never even opened the bag and I bought them 20 years ago. So. <laughs> it was a limited edition discontinued all in one yeah, I mean, yeah and then i think oh, maybe i'll go buy some more but i think i'm gonna just go in there and get stuff out and like you know i think they'll bite anything i thought they they i thought they'd bite bite it when i bought it so you know i would imagine they still would <laughs> those are tennessee bits now you live in florida you gotta <laughs> yeah you got moved to florida buy frogs and swim baits uh some uh some speed worms and and go fishing. All right. So besides big gyms, anywhere people need to stop while they're down there? Yeah, the West Side Bait and Tackle. I, I was in there. It, it's a pretty nice little store. They they're gonna have about yeah. everything you, you need fishing wise. Definitely up in there. Is that the one up by Bainbridge? Yeah. Like a kind of by railroad tracks and an industrial area. Yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah. went by there. That Mm-hmm. Probably the best baits tackle store in the whole area. You know, Tallahassee sucks. You know, most people around here, you know, they're inshore fish. So they they have selections. I mean, Kevin's Sporting Goods in Tallahassee is pretty good. Um, other than that, you got big box stores, but you know, just the way it is. Well, since Dan kind of touched on it, and this is the question people really always comment and ask later. What are some other good eats down there? You got a lot of foodies in the traveling. <laughs> Uncle Bill's pizza is good. My kids are all excited because we, we we hardly ever go to Bainbridge. So we ate there last year on the Friday before. And uh, like pizza place, just a, it's not that special to me. It's just a pizza place. But they're all excited about it because I said, hey, we're going to Uncle Bill's Friday. So they're, they're happy. <laughs> it's pretty what is it? Uncle Bill's? Yeah, Uncle Bill's pizza, yeah. Just the pizza Bill. joint, man. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that'd be about the only one I could suggest. Uncle Bill, uh, two for Uncle Bill's. Two for Uncle Bill's. <laughs> Watch out, Uncle Bill's. You're about to get blown up. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go. we're going up there Friday. <laughs> That's awesome. I can't do pizza, man. I'll be out on the kayak next day. Yeah, I was scared. I, I you know, last year on Friday night, I thought I, I told somebody I was like, man, everybody here is gonna eat that uh, pizza that Hobie bought and get food poisoning, and I didn't eat it, <laughs> and I'm gonna be the only one that has is able to fish, so I'm gonna win. So <laughs> that was my game plan <laughs> Friday night. <laughs> see, man, maybe y'all had gotten see everybody's gonna be saying they had gotten together before the show and talked about it and colluded. And send everybody to Uncle Bill's. And, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to eat it, so, you know. <laughs> um, That's hilarious. <laughs> all right. Well, we appreciate y'all guys. Uh, and, and we always want to give everybody an opportunity. Hey, you're coming on the show. Uh, anybody that makes fishing, just like Josh from Darkwaters. I got this from him. I just want to give him a shout out because he says it this way. I realize that I say it this way because he says it this way. Anybody that makes fishing easier for you, Josh, we'll start with you. Um, uh, Boondocks is uh, one of the uh, the only 
deals that I have, and, and they're pretty good for me. But um, dugout, they were really good to me. And dugout really caters to – I'm not on their team or anything like that, but they really cater to um, the bass fishing scene, especially in the kayak world. But, you know, they've done a lot of people right, and they did me right. That's where I bought my Hobie. Um, we have dealers closer, but, but uh, Jamie did a good job on that. So, you know, they really – uh, reach out and they he brought it down here to me so you know you can beat that yeah it's hard to Service beat dugout. Smile. I, wish, I wish we were closer actually if dugout was on the south side of atlanta i would probably go there <laughs> they show, like they have all this no matter like you know we're they sponsor our section of podcast but they will ship whatever to you too so oh yeah you know, yeah i mean they, they can't ship a whole kayak to you but I mean, you can pay. They can. For it. You don't want to pay for it. I would be surprised if you're anywhere in the southeast, you couldn't get somebody to bring a kayak to you from dugout. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, like all the parts, whatever it is, they can ship all that rods, all right. that stuff. They'll ship it to you. Yeah. Jason, how about you? I know, man, you you are sponsored up, dude. You got a whole bunch of people you're working with. Yeah, I, I, I think Hobie's been the, the longest relationship and since 2014, being just. You know, a local team member and regional team team member a couple couple years ago, but you know, Hobie just making that Hobie out back. It's it you know it it set me straight and you know down the road to be successful. I think there's been places I can get into, and whether it's you know a tight spot or even a long distance spot ten miles away, um, that that kayak's built for doing everything. And so definitely Hobie. Uh, ram mounts, ego fishing nets. Um, I've been using those nets since 2010, and hopefully, I get to put a, a couple big fish in it this weekend. And they, they make the best nets. Tell everybody, like, I've been telling, I got the ego S1. Hey, they don't sponsor me. That's the best net out there for real. Yeah, I mean, the different net materials and the rubberized material just being gentle on the fish, they float. Yeah. And I know a lot of people like that long handle net, but to me, that just it kind of, I feel like I'm clumsy with a longer net. So I like that short handle, you know, kayak landing ego net. And just, cause once that fish, if I get that fish three foot from me or within three feet, I'm, I'm getting into the boat. It, whether I have to go down and in the water and get him, he's, if he gets that close to the net, he's, he's coming in the boat. There you go. Definitely the best nets out there. Um, Cal coast fishing, keeping all my stuff straight and, you know, less hooks getting caught on everything. Uh, catch boards. I mean, those things are durable. They've been just, yeah, they're they're great. And a lot of other companies, companies I've been using, you know, pretty much since I've grown up, the pure fishing companies, the uh, Abby Garcia reels, rods, all type, all types of Berkeley products, lines, lures, and spider wire. Um, it's been a while, around a while, and I mean, I, I trust that stuff whether it's 65 pound test and, you know, that thick, thick high since I'm going to be putting it in this weekend or, you know, that light 15 pound braid and 10 pound leader I'll be, I'll be using this weekend. But yeah, there's a, a more companies and they're, they all have their, their way of making me more successful, but those are some of the bigger ones for sure. Cool. Well, we sure do appreciate y'all. And we could do a whole show on his sponsors. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> when I look when I looked at his list, I was like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> After that, that hoodie too, I I saw uh, Nicholas Beltran. He was a uh, yeah, he was commenting on your on your sweater there. Yeah, this, this, I this get one of them reapers too. Yeah, this, this is pretty awesome. And I just got the uh, hydronaut hydronaut bibs, and yeah, I, those, those things are comfortable. 
especially on the shoulders. So they, AFCO makes a lot of cool stuff. And yeah. Cool. Well, you know what? I hope y'all get first and second. I'd be happy to take third to y'all. Y'all are great guys and appreciate y'all being on. Good luck. Be safe out there and, and I'll see you out there on the water. Thank you. So appreciate you having me on. Yeah, sounds good. good. Be safe, guys. Later. There you go. All right. So we have some tournaments to talk about. Let me bring them up. My computer got mad at me here for a second. Wanting to do an update, but I told it no. I feel you, man. Mine does it all the time in the middle of a podcast. It's yeah. time for an update. Yeah, you can't stop it. All right. So, uh, well, we have the all the whole KBF. <laughs> all the KBF tournaments. So uh, all, all the tournaments. All the tournaments. <laughs> um, first, we have the KBF Kissimmee Day One. 145 anglers. John, I'm gonna say his name wrong. I'm sorry, John. F E R R E R A R I A Ferreria. 93 inches. Uh, Dennis Campbell. He had second with 92 and a half and Matt Kiefer with 92 inches and listen to his name. Listen to Matt, Matt Kiefer. All right. Pay attention to his name whenever I go through all this. Uh, and then yeah, KBF Kissimmee trail day two, 131 anglers. So a few people said, Hey, I'm not going to fish that day two. 14 people said, no, nah, I don't want to do day two. Uh, first Russ Snyder, he turtled, lost some of his stuff, said, Hey, I'm still going to win. So what? Uh, he had to cash check, man. <laughs> yeah, gotta get that check, man. So uh ninety-four and a quarter. Matt Kiefer. Third day one, second day two, uh ninety-two inches. Derek Rundle in third with ninety-one and a quarter. And then the Tim Vitational, ninety-seven anglers, ninety-seven anglers, Joshua Sharp with 184 and three quarter, two days. Uh Joshua should have signed up for the the trail deal too, man. That could have made some bank. Took everybody's but, uh, money. Yeah, for real. Uh, Russ Snyder, 184 and a half. Matt Kiefer again, uh, 184. So he got, Matt Kiefer got third, second, and then third. So that's a good weekend, man. Yeah, I don't know if you averaged those out if he had the best weekend. I don't know who made the most, but third, second, and third. That's like, that's consistency, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to add those up and divide them, and I think he probably had the best average of the weekend. I don't know money-wise if he won the most. He didn't make it to the 10, so I guess he didn't win the most money. But, yeah, great job, Matt. Um, and then down in Texas, you had the Kayak Anglers Tournament Series on Decker Lake, 104 anglers, and this was a tough tournament. Half the field had two fish or less. Half the field. Um, Must have been cold in Texas. Yeah, for real. That's, that's the only thing. <laughs> Steve Lebrecht, uh, night he, I mean, he killed him, slayed him, ninety-eight and a quarter. Jason B E N A V I D E S, Benedis. Uh, I'm just going to go with that. I'm from Mississippi. I'm sorry. Ninety-seven and a quarter, and Tyler Howell with ninety-six and three quarters. So those three guys knocked their heads in. And then TVKA, Tennessee Valley, Kayak Anglers, Chattanooga, they were on Lake Chick. They had 41 anglers, three fish limit. Old Jordan Marshall slayed them with 97 and three fish limit, uh, 97 and a half. 
Jarrett Campbell with 56 and three quarter and Daniel Davis with a new PB of 23 inches. He had 53 and a quarter. Congrats to him. But uh, yeah, that was it. So there you go. Good tournament. It's starting to heat back up. We'll, we'll start having more tournament coverage. I think, I think actually after this Hobie, I think it's when most of the seasons are starting to fire up, you know, mid February. So we'll have a whole bunch of stuff to go over. Yeah, and hey, Josh, I meant to ask this too. Josh, uh, I, I meant to ask him what it was going to take to win. And Josh said he thinks it's going to take 191. So a little, bit, a little bit more than last year. I think it was 187. I wrote it down. Last year it was 179. So ooh, he's saying 191. So just they got out of the days. Yeah. Yeah. So almost 10 inches more. There you go. So cool. Another good show. We're back live uh, next week. Hopefully we'll be, yeah, we'll see who we're going to be talking to. We've, we kind of got some stuff in the works. So we're, we're going to try, we can just kind of put it out there. We're, you know, the reason we didn't cover the KBF winners is that the tens going on during the week this week. And we didn't want to bother anybody that, you know, one of the guys that like the guy that won the 10, we didn't want them, you know, bother them. They're all enjoying themselves at the 10 house. So, We'll uh we'll get those guys on get the winners of the the trail day one and two you know it may be a week or two late but we'll we'll get them on and let them talk about it because I know I want to hear all about that tournament because like usual I was supposed to go down there life gets in the way I couldn't make it so I'd like to hear the stories on how good the fishing was. Yep. So we we did Hobie a, a week early. Yeah, you don't want to bother somebody who's in the tent house. They're getting ready to fish for 10 grand and they're having fun in a mansion uh, hanging out with a bunch of guys and they're getting ready to fish for 10 grand. You don't want to mess with some money. So, yep. Good show, but happy to be back. Happy to be back live and ready to fish Hobie, ready to get it going and try to win some money or just not skunk. That'd be great. Do better than last year. Catch one. <laughs> I just want to catch one this year. Seminole, give me something this year. <laughs> Just one. All right. But, yeah, well, we'll see you all next week. Thank you. Wear your PFDs. Be safe out there. Be good. Thanks for tuning in this week, everybody. The Reel Down was brought to you by the Dugout Bait and Tackle in Marietta, Georgia. They have everything you need for your next fishing adventure from rods, reel, line, and tackle all the way up to Hobie Fishing Kayaks. They carry all your favorite brands like G. Loomis, St. Croix, Shimano, and many, many more, as well as all of our best bait companies. Give them a like and follow and head on over to the Dugout Bait and Tackle today and be sure and tell them that Paddle and Finn sent you. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler. The Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com.